Hi everybody, this is Callie Morris with A Rhythm Runs Through It. We have a very special episode this month. We're doing a podcast trade with Tell Us Something, and you will be listening to Grace Decker's story called with my parents. I'm here with Mark Moss, the executive director of Yep, tell executive us director of Tell Us Something. Awesome. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about Tell Us Something and about uh, about this episode as well? Yeah, you bet. So Tell Us Something has been around since 2011, and it is a live storytelling event. We feature people from the community, regular everyday folks just like you and me, and they have 10 minutes to tell a true personal story from memory on a theme without notes. And we host a show generally at the Wilma here in Missoula. Uh, the show you're going to hear was hosted at the Top Hat Lounge before the remodel, so it was still a dive bar at the time. And it was also before we did any sort of storytelling workshops, which we do provide for all of the storytellers that are selected to perform at Tell Us Something events. Um, the one thing, too, that's interesting about Grace's story is it does feature a prop, which you'll hear. Tell Us Something doesn't really allow props in any of their stories, so it's not like a TED Talk where there's potentially PowerPoint slides or anything like that. And there's no lectern. It's just the storyteller and a microphone. And that's it. It's pretty powerful stuff. So today you're going to hear Grace Decker uh, tell her story called With My Parents, like you said. And it was recorded, I, I can't remember the date, uh, but it was like, I think 2014, somewhere around in that neighborhood, um, live at the Top Hat in front of a, a full sold out audience, except it wasn't sold out because at the time, entrance was free. Um, we weren't charging admission at the door and people would line up at three o'clock in the afternoon to get a seat for a six o'clock show. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's pretty, pretty incredible. We do have a live show coming up on August 10th at Bonner Park Bandshell, and that's an outdoor event. If people want to get tickets, they can do so at tellussomething.org slash events. Cool. Awesome. Well, without further ado, here's Grace Decker's story with my parents. Thanks so much, Callie. Thank you. Yeah, you bet. So if you ask any of my bandmates, um, they will tell you that I am not much of a practicer. That has always been true. Um, even when I was little, I started learning how to play the fiddle when I was about four, although it was violin, very specifically at that point. Um, and I didn't like to practice much then either. Um, but there was one summer when I did probably more practicing than I have ever done since. Uh, it's the summer when I was 10. So I was a Suzuki violin student. Um, and if you know anything about Suzuki, the Suzuki method, what that means is it's a, it's a method of teaching violin to children that was invented by Shinhiro Suzuki um, many years ago. Millions of children have probably learned to play fiddle this way or violin this way at this point. Um, everyone starts the same way. And so if you know the Suzuki method, you know the drill. Um, you move through the books. Every child who learns, learns in the same order. And so on and so on. Well, so my mother would always load me and my brother, and then me and my brother and my sister, and then eventually me and my brother and my sister and my other brother into the car and drive two towns over to the South Shore Conservatory where I took violin lessons from Cindy Weller, whose main job was teaching violin lessons in the public schools to 100 students at a time. Uh, but she also taught some private students, and that was me. And my mother and my siblings spent many, many hours getting us over there and getting us back. The summer when I turned 10, 
the International Suzuki Festival was going to be held relatively near my home. And the International Suzuki Festival is held every year in a different um, city anywhere around the world, actually rarely in the United States. Um, and this year it happened to be in Springfield, uh, Massachusetts, which is about two hours from where I lived. And my teacher, Cindy Weller, who, when I was an adult, begged me to call her Cindy, and I can barely do it even now, um, she suggested that I register for the Suzuki Festival. And she said, I think we could get you in at level seven, but if you learn this one piece, we could get you in at level eight. And I said, well, let's do level eight. What's involved? And she said, well, you would have to learn how to play in third position. Um, you can ask any of my bandmates. I'm still not real good at playing in third position, but this is, in fact, the summer when I learned how. Third position is when you slide your fingers up the neck like that and just play with your fingers in essentially the same place but slid up to a higher position. Maybe this is why, actually, I'm not very good at it even till today because I learned it really quickly for this one specific purpose. Um, the purpose was to learn a particular piece of music. If you know the Suzuki method, you're familiar with that one as well. So the Suzuki festival happens like this. It's in a huge space, um, something like the Adams Center. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of violin students of all ages, from the little teeny-weeniest four-year-olds all the way up to graduating seniors who've progressed all the way through all of the books and are now uh, really quite accomplished. Every single person who's there, every single person from the very smallest to the very biggest, all stand up together. You all do the thing that you do. And then everyone plays together. And then everyone sits down, except the very, very most advanced students who stay standing up and play their very most impressive piece from, you know, book 42 or something. And then when they're finished, the next most advanced students stand up and they play their most accomplished piece together with the very most advanced students. And when that's finished, the next group stands up and so on and so on until you've moved all the way back through and the very, very little ones get to stand up again and everybody concludes with a rousing rendition of again. Well, that was the idea. And in order for me to go into level eight, I had to learn how to play in third position. And I practiced and practiced and practiced all that summer. I practiced two hours a day. I sometimes practiced more than two hours a day. My brother thought I was crazy, but he actually did tell my mother once, she's starting to sound kind of good. And then it was the big day. And I realized on the day of the big day that my mother and father were going to take me to our drive out to Springfield, sit through the concert and drive me home, just me. My brother and my sister and my brother were not coming. Now, any of you who are from a family of more than, say, two children understand what a strange and rare occurrence this is. In my memory, this had probably never happened before, that I was going to spend all day alone with my parents. It was very exciting. When we got to the festival, my violin teacher, Cindy Weller, Mrs. Weller, said to me, Grace, Grace, I talked to them and it's okay. We can put you in level seven if you want. And I looked at her like she was crazy. I had just spent all summer practicing for this. No way. The festival was chaotic, hectic, and really, 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 really fun. Played the piece. 
The point of the story is actually not that at this point. The point is that I got to spend all day alone with my parents, which was about the only time that had ever happened. And it wasn't over yet. After the festival, after all the playing was done and everyone had found their correct case and that sort of a project in and of itself, my father said, hey, why don't we go out to dinner? Like, just me and my parents? That's pretty awesome. And my mother said, why don't we go to the European? Like, that <laughs> was the limit for me. The European was, and I say was because it is no longer, was uh, an Italian restaurant in the north end of Boston. Now, this is like 1980, so that does not mean this was northern Italian cuisine. We're talking about red sauce. And we were, in fact, going to have a pizza. But... This was the very limit. It was, it was absolutely the most elegant thing that had ever happened to me. I was wearing a long black velvet skirt. I was wearing a white top because that's what you wear when you play the violin and you're 10. And we were going to the European, just us. I remember sitting at the table and thinking, I, this, is, uh, uh, this is the most perfect day. This is the most perfect day. I'm so glad to be me and that these are my parents. I'm so glad. And I was reminded of that feeling and of that moment about 12 years later when my parents put me on the train together um, to move to Montana. I'd spent a summer in Montana, and I was moving back. And I think they maybe even knew more than I did that this was it, that I really was moving. And now that it's been almost 17 years, um, they were right. <laughs> this was, in fact, home, and that was, in fact, it. And the interesting thing about it is that my parents were no longer together by the time I was 11. My mother left our family, and I was raised by my dad after that. And so he spent many, many years driving me to violin lessons and sitting in the car while I did my violin lesson and sitting through endless, I'm sure, god-awful high school orchestra concerts. <laughs> Um, but they never did that together again. And in fact, when they saw me off at the train, that's probably about the only time that the three of us were alone together ever since. So I was realizing that sometimes, you know, a rite of passage might be something that you look forward to for a long time. Or like a really long time. Sometimes a rite of passage might only be something that you notice in the rearview mirror. You just heard the Tell Us Something podcast, Grace Decker's episode called With My Parents. Grace is a local Missoula musician and has been around the town for a while and been in many different bands as well as solo. 
stuff, solo fiddle playing. The music you're listening to now is Cash for Junkers. You can find them at cashforjunkersband.com. Again, huge thanks to Mark Moss and Tell Us Something for collaborating on this podcast trade. We really couldn't do it without you, and it was really fun to connect about the Montana music scene. You're listening to A Rhythm Runs Through It. I'm Callie Morris, your host, and you can rate, review, subscribe wherever you listen today. Check out our website, arhythmrunsthroughit.com, and I hope you all have a lovely day.